Welcome to the Sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is Gabriel Drolet, super talented artist, and uh, creates some really cool uh, graphics. I saw the penguin. Was it a penguin? I keep calling penguin. It's a seagull. <laughs> a seagull, yeah. <laughs> for the for the coast, you know, I've seen your work for some time now, but <laughs> I don't know what it was about the seagull that made me decide to reach out and say, let's do this. Um, what was seagull. your idea for the seagull and like why did you think that represented the best of Halifax like that was what they, what they used for the best of Halifax call mm, yeah yeah it's a good question my boss said hey we're doing best of Halifax which of course the coast does every year it's like a big thing for the coast and mm-hmm. we want something that represents Halifax and, and what makes Halifax great and I don't know I had a bunch of ideas but What I ended up landing on is, I don't know if the full sheet is out, but there's a poster and it's, I think, nine seagulls and they all just look very confident. They're the best at being seagulls. And I think there's just something kind of funny about, I don't know, Halifax is a city, but it's got that very coastal feel, you know, like you can walk on the boardwalk and the seagulls and yeah, it just felt kind of fun. And I think it's been a pretty heavy year and we're used to seeing very serious images and i thought what about a seagull in sunglasses wouldn't that be fun <laughs> <laughs> with no like you know political implications it's just a seagull right having a good time. right yeah. right right i'm curious how did you get the job at the coast yeah that's a good question so i've been a fan of the coast for a while um i have People I really respect who work there, I've, I've always loved them. And it's always been fun to pick up, you know, a free copy of the Coast at a coffee shop or something. So I saw on Twitter, I think, that they were hiring a summer student. So it's just a summer position and it was a reporting job. And I thought that would be fun. And I think I would be good at that. I've, I've only ever in the past freelance when it comes to reporting. So, yeah, I reached out and I said, you know, I, I really want to be part of a newsroom, which is true. Freelancing is kind of isolating so I applied I wrote a cover letter and it just worked out from there and when I applied they asked would you be up to draw some things sometimes as well and I said sure and so it's been really fun it's been a mix of drawing and reporting and writing and yeah I just I saw it on Twitter (laughs) so that's how that happened (laughs) and the drawing thing how did that start for you yeah just in general or at the coast no just in general yeah, um, I really liked to draw as a kid. I was one of those kids who was always doodling in class and stuff, but then I never really pursued it. Like in high school, I didn't take any art classes. In undergrad, I didn't take any art classes. And then, I don't know, a few years ago, halfway through undergrad, I thought it would be nice to have a skill other than writing because just writing wasn't really enough. I was having a hard time making as much money as I wanted to and, and living on that. So I thought, what if I got back into drawing? And it was just that, right? It was a matter of really concentrating for a while on getting my skills up to where I wanted them to be. And I'm still improving, obviously, because it was (laughs) such a long period where I did nothing. So I'm still learning. But yeah, I just got back into it. And then I started pitching and submitting things with drawings in them. And it just, it worked out, especially in the past year. I've been doing it professionally. Mm. And then... um... Like, I mean, you could draw pretty much anything, but like, why did you go the illustration route? Mm-hmm. I think it's just what I had the most experience in because 
again, I hadn't drawn since I was a kid, right? So when it comes to graphic design or really mm-hmm. bold, like modern illustrations and images, I don't have any experience or training in that. And I think people have a bad habit sometimes of looking at a creative thing and being like, that looks easy. I could do that. But I, I recognize I don't know anything about graphic design, right? It would be- <laughs> I don't think I... I, yeah, I... I think personally, like, I've never looked at, especially when it comes to drawing, like, drawing, painting, all that type of stuff, animation, like, it's the most difficult to me when it comes to creating stuff. I think it's the most difficult. I really think it is. For me, personally. Mm -hmm. So, like, people that draw, I'm really super envious of them because they make (laughs) really cool stuff, like yourself. For sure. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But, yeah, I just mean, you know, I don't think there was another route for me in the visual arts because I only had some sort of background at all in illustration. And I think you can teach yourself illustration better than you can teach yourself typography or graphic design. Like you can do that, but it was just so far out of my realm of understanding, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you say you didn't study at all. What did you study in school? Mm -hmm. I did my undergrad in creative writing and English. Um, I did the first year at Dalhousie, Mm. and then I transferred to Western, and I'm now in graduate school for creative writing as well. Why creative writing? I don't know. (laughs) I think um, when I was finishing high school, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do, and it was one of those things where I thought, English is fun, I'll go into that, and then, yeah, when I was in university, I realized there were also creative writing classes, and I am not very good at academia in the sense that, you know, I I can get by, I did well in school, but I really struggle with writing an academic essay or participating in academia in a strict or rigid way. So creative writing kind of felt like Mm. a loophole, right? It was like, oh, I can be in school and also just kind of do fun things that I enjoy. Um, Yeah. And from there, Mm. it just, it, I got really lucky. It worked out well for me, but yeah, I just didn't like anything else i think (laughs) and you put some comedy in some of your work Mm -hmm. are you just like is comedy something you love because one of the images that stands out for me on your on your instagram is so there's crows flying which you know a collection of crows is a Mm -hmm. mother of crows and then there's this detective (laughs) like a detective of crows and a mother of crows that one cracks me up (laughs) Like, is that something you think, I mean, I guess when you're working, you have to kind of plan what you want to draw, but is comedy something you pull on when you're working on your art? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. that's one of my favorite cartoons as well that I've done. I'm glad I'm glad that you liked that one because I, I loved it. I It cracked me up while I was making it. Yeah, I really... It cracks me up. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I think comedy is really interesting, especially because, you know, I do journalism and journalism can be... A little exhausting it's a lot but I've always been someone mm-hmm. who really gravitates towards comedy both written and and visual and so yeah I think when I was first starting to freelance I was trying to I was throwing everything at the wall to see what stuck and comedy was not sticking for me I I submitted I don't know if you know McSweeney's mm-hmm. but it's um, like a humor website and magazine I've submitted to them probably over a hundred times in the span of a year and nothing they didn't want anything mm-hmm. And I just kept mm. trying because I was like, you know, why not? And it it's worked out for me. But I think there's something very fun about having a joke in an illustration or having a joke 
kind of sewn into a piece somewhere. I, I just, I like that. Yeah. What things inspire you mm. when it comes to your art? Yeah. Um, other artists for sure. I really, yeah, I really like Instagram in that it's easy to find other people who make art and feel inspired by them and other cartoonists as well. Um, I'm trying to think of people I really like. Zoe C is a cartoonist in Vancouver and she does, all, I think, weekly stuff for The New Yorker. And her cartoons are just so funny and simple. Drew Shannon is someone I really like as well. Um, I like comic books and graphic novels. So looking at those things kind of inspire how I draw and how I do things. But yeah, I think just a lot of reading and looking at- What art. graphic novels come to mind when you mention that? Mm, sure. I really like Jillian and Mariko Tamaki, um, who are both Canadian. They're cousins and they do stuff together. Boundless is one of my oh. favorite. It's like a collection of short graphic stories and that's really great. Um, Snot Girl is a series I really like by Brian Lee O'Malley, who lived in Halifax for a time, actually. He's the guy who did Scott Pilgrim, mm. and I really like most of his stuff as well. Mm. Um, is that something you're ever going to make? I don't know. Um, people ask me that a lot, I think especially because I'm in creative writing and I draw. And so people are like, why don't you <laughs> meld those two? Um, I think I'm not good enough yet. And whenever I say that, I'm not trying to be humble, but what I mean is, mm. no, 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 but, but, but you hear me out, hear me out. What I mean is that because I got back into drawing recently and I'm still getting used to the fundamentals, I think I would be very slow at making a graphic novel. There's so many panels and drawings, right? And I can, I can do an illustration, but it still takes me a while to figure out what do hands look like? What does something look like at this angle? And I think to do a project as big as a graphic novel with so many drawings, you have to be able to go in there mm. and whip sketches out. And I can't, I can't do that just yet. So I'm not trying to be humble, but I, I genuinely do think maybe in a few years, I would love to do that. Right now, that would be too, mm -hmm. too time consuming. I'm, I'm just not there yet. Um, and like when you make your art do you like use your ipad or mm, yeah what's that procreate is that what it's yeah, called procreate, procreate. Right? yeah that's exactly what i use i am um, i like drawing i'll do often i'll sketch with pencil take a picture of it and then do the final in procreate i think i don't know i do like pencil and pen and the way they look but procreate it's crisper, you know, doing something digitally is crisper and it's easier to share without having to scan it. So yeah, I use Procreate. Mm. Yeah. And uh, did you always use, like, did you use, because you say you kind of go back into drawing now, did you just get back into drawing when Procreate came out or did you start with pencil before you went to Procreate? Um, when I was a kid, there was no, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that there was digital technology. When I was a kid, I was just doing pen and and marker and pencil um, and in high school as well that was it when i got back into drawing mm. in my undergrad so about three years ago or two years ago i started out mm. drawing with um, pen and pencil and then it just i don't know it was really adding up like the cost of buying good drawing equipment especially once i started doing it professionally i was like this doesn't really make sense when you know if you get procreate or a digital program you have access to every color you have access to every texture so it just 
yeah, I, I had started doing not digital. And then once it was professional, I was like, oh, it's digital makes more sense. It's also easier to fix mistakes. You know, it's quicker, much quicker. Mm, mm -hmm. mm. Yes. Mm. Um, and then one of the things that also pulled me to asking you for this conversation was that you contribute to the New Yorker. And I'm like, you know, that's not a small feat to achieve. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Yeah, I ask myself that all the time as well. It feels surreal. Um, yeah, it happened with a lot of perseverance. I think there's this rhetoric that to get into the New Yorker, you have to have an agent or a connection. People, people always think that. And I think it's fair for people to think that because it's such a big institution that, you know, for so long I was submitting to them and no one was answering, right? Like you don't get an answer. If you do, it's three months later and it's it's tough. Um, but yeah, I think mm -hmm. I got in there by just continuing to submit. Every time I did get a rejection email, it felt kind of good because it was like, oh, at least someone is answering. Like someone has seen this, you know? And mm. the more I submitted, the more personalized those rejections got where I was like, hey, Gabrielle, I really liked this joke, but this didn't land. And so I was able to get better because I was like, okay, I know what they don't like. So yeah, it was just a matter mm -hmm. of continuing to try. Um, eventually something got in and yeah, I, I just, I'm really lucky that that happened and that they took a chance on me because I, <laughs> I really didn't expect them to. It was, um, I also, I enjoy drawing and doing my cartoons and stuff. So I would have done it anyways, I mm. think. Was that the scene with the New York Times? Yeah, actually. So with that, with journalism, I did my undergrad in writing, as I said, and during that time, I was a student journalist, right? I was working at the Western Gazette, um, and in my last year of undergrad, I started freelancing as well, and freelancing is weird because it's like you have to, it's not like illustrating where you can be like, look, I've already done this thing and it's good, like submitting an illustration. You have to pitch yourself, you know, you're like, this is my story, and I'm, I'm good to write it for this reason, and so... When I started that, it was really difficult because I didn't have something to point to, right? I could say, I'm a good journalist, but I wasn't able to say, read my previous work here. So what happened there is that, sorry, that was a long-winded way of getting here. Um, but what happened? No, that's great. Okay, awesome, awesome. So I slowly started getting publications under my belt, right? I did a few things for the Toronto Star, and then I did a few things um, for other places, Vice, Globe and Mail. And last year, there was a, partic a particular story that no one was writing about and I thought seemed important. And I pitched it to a bunch of places and no one answered. And finally, I was like, why don't I just try the New York Times, which felt <laughs> deranged almost because I was like, who am I to pitch to them? But, you know, no one else was accepting. And I thought, what do I have to lose? And I pitched and I happened to land the piece. And it was really really special. Yeah, I, I feel so, so fortunate that that happened the way it did. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've done stuff for the New Yorker, New York Times, you have this job at the coast. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't feel ready for a graphic novel yet. <laughs> no. But what are some future plans you have? Yeah, for sure. I want to finish my degree, um, which should be this upcoming next August, I'll be done. And the way a creative writing master's works or an MFA is that 
you end with a publishable product, so a book of some sort. So I'm working on that, um, mm -hmm. which is exciting. And I want to, I have Carpal Tunnel, which I think, you know, we spoke about it briefly last time, but I have Carpal Tunnel mm. and that's really hindering my ability to produce work and to submit work. So right now my plan- How are you, before you continue, yeah, no, sorry, how are you managing with that and doing work daily, at least for your uh, full-time job? Yeah, I'm managing better than I was <laughs> when I first, when it first got really bad, um, I wasn't dealing with it well, like either mentally or physically. I was, I was pushing myself to do more stuff because I don't know, I think I was so conditioned that I should be submitting stuff all the time and, and I was hurting myself. Um, yeah, I just, mm -hmm. it felt bad, but at this point I take it very easy. So obviously I have this full-time job. I need to, you know, write my articles, do my things, but I take breaks often. Um, I use voice to text, which is very bizarre. <laughs> it's really different than typing, but I orate all of my articles to my computer. I've got my fancy ergonomic mouse. I have a really, you know, healthy setup and I take breaks. And I also, I think I'm kinder with myself in that if I have a day where I'm not very productive or a weekend day where I don't do anything at all, it's, it's fine. Um, but before I was someone who was, was that transition difficult for you? Yeah. Oh my God. Was, was that transition difficult for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's still difficult for me. Um, yeah. Mm. I, I'm supposed to have the surgery this upcoming year, hopefully in late 2021 or early 2022. And th it's been bad. My carpal tunnel since March, I think. Yeah. So it's been a while of, not being able to produce work. And sometimes it's still really hard. I think, especially because I'm in an industry where, you know, I'm lucky to have a full-time job, but with freelancing, it kind of feels like you constantly have to be doing stuff, which is a problem in the industry, but it's like you have to be pitching and submitting all the time in the hopes that something lands and you have to be doing this and that. And I do, I enjoy what I do, mm. but I think I was so used to overworking myself that suddenly not being able to work at all it was really difficult and sometimes it still is like I'll have an idea for a cartoon or an article or a piece that I'm not physically able to execute and that really it mm. sucks it's shitty um yeah but I think it's been a matter of really learning to slow down um which I think is a valuable lesson in the grand scheme of things. I'm sure a few years from now I'll look back and feel grateful, but yeah, there there are still times where it, it really, it sucks, it's shitty. When those times come, how do you handle it? Um, I think I just have to kind of take a step back, right? Because I think it feels for me like I'm I'm young and my career really just started or took off in the past year and a half or so, right? So this was for me supposed to be the first summer ever where I'm not working a customer service job, I'm full-time writing and drawing. And so, yeah, it, it's there are moments where it feels really like, holy shit, my life was headed in the right direction <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I, I was mm -hmm. able to sustain myself and this has happened at the worst time and, and it just, it sucks. but. I think if I take a step back, mm. I'm able to be like, okay, hold on. Actually, this is probably the best time for this to happen, right? It, it is a little, it does suck. Um, 
but it would have been worse if I was a little later in life and had a million mm. projects on the go and things I had to do and people who I owed things to. Whereas now it's like, it's shitty because I want to prove myself and I'm at a point where I really, mm. I want to do everything, but there's time for that later. Um, yeah, I think, and especially with the pandemic, people are so much kinder and so much more understanding about having to take more time for yourself. <laughs> so I think, yeah, when that happens, yeah. I just need to take a step back and I, I'll cry to my girlfriend. I'll be like, oh, my life is falling apart. Everything's ruined. And she's like, no, that's, that's ridiculous. That's not true. And so I, yeah, I just close the laptop and step away. <laughs> um, you mentioned the pandemic. Um, what are some of the things that that changed in your life, in your lifestyle also? Mm -hmm. It changed a lot. Um, well, I think it's, it's weird for me because the pandemic started at a very transitional period already. So I was in my graduating year of my undergrad when the pandemic started. So it's hard to pinpoint, like, mm -hmm. here are all the things that changed because my life already was changing right at the beginning. So I moved from... Ontario to Wolfville um, and that wasn't supposed to happen I was supposed to go to school in Toronto and then my girlfriend was going to school out here my school was online I was like why don't I just go to Wolfville yeah it's so my life changed immeasurably for sure but I think the pandemic mm -hmm. made me I don't know spend more time with myself in both good and bad ways <laughs> there are ways in which it's like it's been kind of nice to be able to not do anything and to be able to I don't know, reevaluate my priorities, what I like, what I don't. It allowed me to get a cat, um, which is great. But yeah, there are definitely times as well where I think so much time spent at home by myself is uh, not good, you know. So it, it's been it's been a balance. But yeah, I've been able to do more things with myself, spend more time going on walks. Yeah, I can't complain. I mean, I, I can, but... I just mean, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting by for sure. You know, um, it's, it's great talking to you mm. and I'm always learning a lot of things, but I, I want to let you go with this question. Uh, something that's come up a couple of times I've talked to you and it has a couple of times today is that you have this, I don't know, resilience or just stubbornness to like, I'm just going to keep submitting and then you keep hearing no, 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 but you keep submitting. What, what keeps you going when you're not sure you're going to get a positive reply? You mm. just put it out there anyway. Yeah, I think, well, I will say that's been harder since I've been injured because it's harder to justify doing work and not knowing if you'll get paid for it when it hurts to do that work. But I think in the beginning it was mm -hmm. just, I was really scared. Um, yeah, my, my only education was in English and writing. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to have that education, but that's not a degree that lands you jobs easily, right? And I knew I wanted to be mm. doing something creative, but I had no idea what that looked like. And I think, yeah, what kept me going and kept me motivated was I was like, well, I need to do something. You know, I, I can't give up if I get a no, because I need to become a writer I need to become an illustrator I need to have some sort of income beyond um you know I worked again customer service jobs my whole high school years and and undergrad every summer I had some sort of like Tim Hortons or barista or whatever job and those jobs can be really they're 
difficult, right? I'm not someone who fares very well in that sort of position. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was a compulsive need. I was like, I literally don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to do something to feel like I can actually be a creative person and get paid for it. So yeah, that was that was it. But it, mm. it is, it's hard. All of those no's are hard and it, it's still hard, you know? Still, sometimes I'll go a few months and everyone says no all of the time. And it feels like crushing. You know, you're like, why aren't I good enough? It's so it's so difficult. Um, but yeah, I think in those early days, it was just like, if I give up now, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So that was it. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Man, uh, Gabriel, um, I hope, you know, the carpal tunnel, the surgery helps with that when that happens. And I can't wait to see what next you're going to put in the coast. Um, I'm really grateful for the time you've given me. And it'd be great to actually have you chat. Because, like, I have so many questions about this New Yorker thing, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. don't ask too much now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course. So it'd be course. great to have you back. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.